What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Casey Brown, your lovely host of True to You Chats, where we chat all things mental health, fitness, wellness, and being true to yourself and what that means in all of those categories. I should probably like uh, record just or just copy that part because that was pretty good. That was pretty good of an intro. I'm just saying. So I'm so excited for today's episode. While this uh, this two-part series is playing in the next two weeks, I will actually be traveling a little bit. So super excited to have this in as I am out of town. But it's been a long time coming since I have had a chance to essentially catch up and get face-to-face with my girl, Joelle Samantha, is what a lot of you may know her on Instagram under Joelle Samantha. She and I talked for two hours and we split this episode in two because we covered so much that it was just, it just made sense to split it into two topics. So uh, basically a little background of Joelle and I, we both started Instagram right at the same time. So we've literally been following each other for, I don't know, 10 years or nine years. It's been crazy. So we've been on this roller coaster of Instagram for like nine, 10 years, supporting each other as we both have grown and um, done our own thing in our paths. And the crazy thing about Joelle and I is we have literally the same history. I mean, it's very different, yet very much the same. So Joelle not only went to school for phys ed, which is exactly what I went to school for. She was a teacher, just like me, a health and PE teacher, and then decided to go the entrepreneur entrepreneur blah, 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 route and uh, run a full-time uh, personal training coaching online business, which is uh, level 10 coaching. So level T-E-N coaching, and I'm going to link everything below. But she is just a energetic freaking positive, but also just so honest and real and raw. And that's what I love about her. She just doesn't, she just doesn't throw around BS. She throws around amazing quality content on Instagram. So make sure to be following her again at Joelle Samantha, J-O-E-L-L-E Samantha on Instagram. She is covering so many topics of fitness and wellness and It's just really been amazing to watch her grow. And we just have so many things in common. We also got married on the same day. So July 3rd is our anniversary. Um, It sounds like we got married together, which would be fine. But she has an awesome husband. Um, They got married on July 3rd, as well as my husband and I. So it's pretty amazing. Our backgrounds are similar, yet very different. You're going to learn about how she made her way through fitness, um, how we both struggled with just eating perfect and what that did to us, our bodies and our minds. And now she, and then she actually, right when she went to become pregnant or wanted to become pregnant, uh, had a ton of hormonal issues in PCOS that led her to a longer journey than she thought. And now she is pregnant with their soon to be daughter coming to this world. And she is due in September, I believe. So that is just so amazing. Her story is freaking awesome guys. So Part one here, we're going to more just follow Joelle's journey of, you know, her under eating, over exercising, uh, clean eating. We both kind of laughed that we felt so prestigious at the time. Like, oh, I eat so clean and so perfect and everybody else is underneath me. And we just kind of chuckle at where we were mentally at that time. 
but her story is amazing. And then part two, we're going to talk more about her PCOS diagnosis and her hormones and the journey to get pregnant for her and her husband and what that looked like. Also how fitness has played a big role in her pregnancy and what, and she really does go into some common myths surrounding working out while you're pregnant and what that looks like. And even if you're not pregnant, honestly, it, this is such an amazing episode to get just information, uh, from Joelle's knowledgeable brain. So make sure to check all of her stuff out below. And I will definitely be having her back on. Cause it was just a long time coming of us getting a chance to finally talk and in person on zoom, but it was amazing. We talked for two hours. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Obviously this is for you all. We want information for you all. So stick around, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment if you're feeling uh, spunky today and we'll see you in the next episode. over here I'm a I just emailed you because I was like is this the right link because you know how it says like Casey's live workouts or whatever and I was like maybe she sent me the wrong link <laughs> I, I literally just emailed you and then you you let me in and maybe, I was like oh okay maybe we're working out maybe that's what we're doing I I was like hey I wasn't prepped for a live workout but I mean <laughs> we can. I mean, we're always down for a <laughs> live workout. We're here. We yes. might as well. <laughs> I, so, oh, like me being like, oh yeah, I'm a podcast host. And then also me being like, I have nothing. My life's in shambles. So I, my, uh, AirPods, right. Last night I left them hanging. Like I left them out all night out of the case. And then I threw them in my ears and I'm like, it's making this noise I've never heard. It's like, and I'm like, okay, oh, so no. that's not good. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, those are dead. So then I whip out these Bluetooth things that my husband, I don't know, used to use at the gym and then they're not connecting. And then I was like, let's oh, go no. old school. And then we are so taken. This is where we are. This is where we are. And I really think this it'll be fine. I think it it'll will. be fine. So we're with AirPods today and we're just going to hope for the best, but I'm home. It's a quiet house. No one's home. Totally so it should fine. be nice and nice and quiet. This Anywho. So Part of this will go in the intro because that's the beauty of this. But yeah, for sure. So I, okay, uh, everyone. Hi, welcome. I'm going to do an, I'll do an intro before this whole thing. So don't even worry. This is the very unprofessional professional podcast that we have. Uh -huh. It's great. Me and my editor. Casey, uh, we do everything here. As I always say, I'm like, sure. let me ask my team. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I am the team. <laughs> I am the whole team. Yes. Except my friend Sam gave me this microphone and he'll jump onto a call every now and then. But for the most part, it's Casey and that's okay. But I, show. this is the Casey show, but hi, this is Joelle. Um, so <laughs> I, first of all, I, before I let you intro yourself, I literally wrote down a list of things that we have in common. So mm. it's kind of crazy. So for those that don't know, I have been, we could have, I should have really looked back at to like when I started following you or it, we started. it had to be, I can tell you roughly when, yeah, because I think I was still at Lock Haven. Mm -hmm. So if I was still at Lock Haven, it, I was only there my freshman and sophomore year. So like 2011, 2012. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's yeah. when I started Instagram. Like that's when I got yeah. on there, like junior, senior year of college for me. And so Joelle, I think for real was like, we were one of the first people that I came across. We were like, 
we just, there was like a community of us that was kind of this like blogger slash Instagram influencer, but that wasn't a thing yet. Not that I even right. like the term. Yeah. Anyway. Like influencers weren't a thing. Like no. sponsorships the way we know them now or like affiliates that it, it just wasn't like that. It was like, you posted a picture of an apple, 3000 likes, bunch of yes. followers. Great. It was so different back then. I used in my last, uh, one of my last ones, I used it all the time. I'm like, I like, it's so funny. You said apple. I always say dried mango. I I'm like, I have a picture. I remember of me holding a piece of dried mango. And all you see is my hand and the freaking dried mango and the amount of the amount of engagement I got on that piece of dried mango 10 years ago, it's like we were semi, I don't even want to use the word famous, but that's like where most of, I feel like our following, I feel like for me, at least, I feel like I'm a very big grandma in this space, but it's like a lot of our following came around that time because there wasn't a lot of us doing fitness and talking about our journeys and all of that kind of stuff. And we can get into all of that. Yeah. It was almost like everyone in, in the, the fitness space back then, there were like 10 of us and we all knew each other or at least that's what it felt like. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, what it is now of, you know, the, in terms of saturation and, you know, multiple, you know, coaches and teams and, and all of that. So I, I agree. I remember, I mean, if you scroll way, way back in my page, it's like, a picture of an apple, a picture of like a Costco protein shake, you know, those like premier protein shakes, like ready-made. And I'm like, got to get my gains today. Like stupid caption with a stupid hashtag. And it's like thousands of like likes. And it's, it's very, very, very different than, than it is, you know, it was very different then than it is now, which is a whole different topic for another time. But long story short, I think what Casey's trying to say is we have been following each other since the start, yes. like the start of like fitness Instagram. Yeah. And I commented the other day, Joelle had posted, she had like friends in town and posted like their dinner. And I, I had this like moment of like those plates that she's using. Yes. I have, I have kept like, seen those I compartmentalize them with you. <laughs> like I, like it brought back, it like brought this feeling of like, yes. I was like, she still has these colorful plates that she's been posting her food for years now for years that's so funny I would we just moved recently to a house uh about four months ago and when we made this move I was like we got to get rid of these yellow plates like I cannot do these bright yellow crazy plates anymore and my husband was like we're gonna throw out perfectly good plates like why yep and so we still have the damn plates (laughs) and we'll probably have them till we die (laughs) and I but it brought back this like feeling of like oh my gosh like it's almost like yeah it's like a it's like a I don't want to say weird in a bad way it's like a sisterhood of like we've all just known each other for so long. And for a lot of you guys, like I always talk about obviously our girl Allie too. And like so many people that we've known for years, but it's like, I am so amazed at how you guys have really obviously taken and we'll get into your whole story, but I just want to say before I forget, it's like what you guys have amazingly done with that audience. Like for someone like myself and for me, a lot of my stuff is in person. So I'm a very in-person trainer. I have not, I have dabbled in online training. I have, I have probably dabbled, we've dabbled in everything. All of us, we wear a thousand hats and it's just been so amazing to like see your growth and like what you all have been able to do and like the content you produce. Like I really look up and inspire to it because not that I don't want to say I don't have time to do things like that, but it's like, 
I'm so much more an in-person person. It's just now. a different ball game. Yeah. It really it's just is. a totally different realm. It really um, is. So, so thank you. I appreciate that. It's, yeah. it's definitely been a journey that I've, you know, transformed through over the years. I don't think that when I started that, you know, that Instagram 10 years ago, nearly, you know, did I ever think that I would be, you know, running a coaching company now, have multiple assistant coaches, anything like that. You know, it, it just like you, it started as like, just kind of sharing my own journey. And then you're like, I really like this. I want to share more of this. I want to educate people more on this. I want, I want this to be my profession. And so, um, you know, I was teaching and then I had Joelle Samantha fitness on the side. And then I eventually left, um, teaching and took my business full time. And I ended up being at max capacity where I was like, okay, I'm at max capacity as a solo show. Like, where do I go from here? And I started building out a team and that's just kind of how things have transpired over the years. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's just been a wild ride. And I started as, as um, an in-person personal trainer, as I think a lot of online coaches do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to each their own, right? Like you love doing the in-person thing. I, I was so over the in-person thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, you know, there's so much, as much as we want to say like this industry is quote unquote saturated, like everyone can do their own thing and there's room for everyone because we all do it in our own way. A hundred, hundred thousand percent. And that's a huge piece that I want to talk about because the, the three things I have written down that we have in common, which, okay, by the way, Keith is done with her peanut butter. So we're going to cross our fingers. That girl (laughs) record timing. That girl eats so fast. Anyway. Um, so one is Joelle and I both went to school for health and PE. Like we, we were health and PE teachers. We, I remember like originally, being like seeing that that's what you did. And that might've been like one of our first conversations. Like, I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, me too. Like, and PE too? And yeah. PE. Cause I feel like for me, at least like I went into school, uh, elementary ed, I was like, I'm going to just teach okay. kids. And then I was quickly was like, I don't like math. I don't love social studies. What am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And they're like, well, and I very much for both of us having that entre- entrepreneurial mindset in college was like kind of scary because it wasn't something people were doing yet. Like it, yeah. it, I went to my advisor and I'm like, Hey, um, I kind of want to do like a, can I be like a healthy P like a healthy foods teacher, but like teach fitness in schools. And she's like, well, like health and PE is like the closest thing. And I'm like, okay. And I think it, and I, I, I'm sure you'll agree, but I think it completely set me up for what I do for a living a yeah. thousand percent. Cause working yes. with kids is sometimes working with adults is very similar. And so it's like the same. And we, I still work with children, but just like things that you'll understand, like back to the wall, no one behind you, like always (laughs) how, how to manage a classroom, which is hundred percent. How to to talk to people, how to communicate with people. Yeah. And so how different people learn from person to person. And just like being up in front of people and being able to get a message across is like really hard for a lot of people. I think if you don't have the background in teaching, so it's really cool. So we have that in common. I want to touch on that Two, Obviously was personal trainers We're both, we were both were personal trainers and three, we got married on the same day, right? Oh, you're muted. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Hi there. 
Yes. So weird. You were super well, excited sorry. without voice. I was so excited. I was so excited. I was like, yes, I always remember that our anniversary dates are the same. Yep. I'm like, that is my July 3rd girl. Like yes. what are the freaking chances that we got married on the same day? And it's also my birthday. So we got married. Oh, I don't on- think I knew that. Yeah. So huh. I wanted it to be the end of July. That was the original plan. I was like, we'll get married at the end of July. It's, I don't want to get married on my birthday, blah, blah, blah. It ended up falling that July 3rd was a Sunday. July 4th was a Monday. So the lady was like, listen, you'll get Sunday prices. I'm being honest, Sunday prices. And it's not considered a holiday price because the fourth right. rotates. I'm like, Okay. So I look at my family and I'm like, um, is it weird to get married on your birthday? And they're all like, no, like as you get older, your birthday is kind of like, so we did it. And now it's funny because I'll be like, it's my birthday. And Corey's like, it's my anniversary. And I'm like, screw you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is my day, (laughs) my day, but yeah, July 3rd twins. I just thought like, I'm like, it's just funny how things align. And I remember, I remember when we were wedding planning, not to get ourselves too off topic here, but I love it. I remember when we were wedding planning, um, we, you know, had thought about doing, we knew we wanted a summer wedding and we were like, you know, should we play around with the idea of a holiday weekend? Because we knew we had a lot of out of towners, a lot of out of state family, a lot of out of state friends. We both went to college in different States. And so we were like, you know, maybe it would be worth it to do like a holiday weekend because we might end up getting more people to come mm-hmm. because if everyone has that Monday off, like they're more, they're more inclined to come. They're more inclined yeah. to travel maybe. Um, and when we were looking at different venues, some people charged a premium because it was a holiday weekend. Other people didn't charge a premium. Other people let you get the Sunday pricing. There were some people that, um, Uh, some venues that would, they were basically charging a Saturday premium for a Sunday wedding because it was a holiday weekend. So like, Ah, I remember, so it's funny that you were saying like, oh, they still gave you a Sunday price. And I think we ended up getting that too, um, where they didn't, my venue didn't charge a premium for a holiday weekend. And we were like, thank God, because we, it was like really where we wanted to have it. Yeah. Um, but I just remember like holiday weekends and Sundays, like added another layer of complexity in terms right. of, um, wedding planning. So for any, for any listeners, uh, doing some wedding planning, yep. um, keep in mind the price might change depending on the day. Uh-huh. And then people that have had weddings are now a lot of my clients that are about to get married. And they, I always tell them that story. They're like, when did you get married again? And I, Tell them and I'm like, I get, I'm like, well, okay. On a Sunday, let's just put it this way Sunday and not a premium. I was, it was minus $20 ahead to have it on like a yeah. Sunday and their eyes like light up like, wow. Like, well, so I'll do a Sunday wedding too. Yes. Yeah. But I love that about our like connection. I'm like, it's just so cool that that ends up falling in the same world, but I'd love to piggyback all of or piggyback wrong, wrong word, go backwards into all of this and kind of just talk about Joelle before I knew you. So your childhood growing up, we also have in common that like your dad is basically like freaking Hulk Hogan, but like better looking, <laughs> like he's amazing. And then my mom's a personal trainer. So we yes. kind of also grew up with like fitness this in our lives, but I'd yeah. love to know your, were you into sports? Were you into working out? Like what got you eventually to the weight room? Sure. Sure. So, um, like you said, my, parents were definitely healthy gym goers. You know, um, my dad did dabble in competitive bodybuilding, 
um, and mostly trained like a bodybuilder, didn't compete for a really long time, did one show, but always trained like a bodybuilder. I was the kid that was like in the gym daycare while my parents went and worked out. Like they'd drop me off. I'd go cry while I colored that I made my parents while they're like working out for an hour. Um, I was that kid. And so both of my parents were avid gym goers. They ate well, um, you know, instilled kind of the importance of health and and eating well. Um, And so uh, I I really didn't grow up in like a very sports-driven household. Like neither of my parents um, played sports or were interested in sports or watched sports. Like there was no like Sunday football on at my house or anything Mm. like that. Like I, I didn't grow up with that, but I liked sports and I liked athleticism and being an athlete. Um, and so, uh, I was put in sports at a young age. I, you know, dance, ballet, gymnastics, soccer, all the little kid stuff. And, um, and so I was a gymnast for a really long time. Um, and that was a part of my, I guess, fit fitness journey in a sense. (laughs) And then middle school came and all the cool kids were playing lacrosse. So I was like, I want to get in on lacrosse. Interesting. So I started playing lacrosse wasn't very good, but I, but I enjoyed playing it. Um, and then eventually I had these lacrosse coaches that, um, my, my practice times kept like overlapping with my gymnastics times. And they were like, look, you got to pick one. And I left gymnastics, which I loved so, 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 so dearly. I was in gymnastics since I was three years old. I was a good gymnast. And, but I was like, yeah, but all my friends play lacrosse, you know, when you're in that like middle school pressure and you just want to do what everyone else is doing. Um, And so I left gymnastics to play lacrosse um, and keep up with those practices and whatnot. And then I got to high school. Oh, sorry. Still in middle school. um, I started, you know, his ed class, you'd have the mile run, you know, once a year, whatever it is for your physical fitness test. Um, and I was never, I never considered myself a runner. I never really thought, you know, running was fun or anything like that. But I remember crushing my mile gym time in like eighth grade and the cross country coaches were like, Hey, we, <laughs> like, we got to get her on the team. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I started running cross country in middle school uh, went up to high school, kept running cross country, kept playing lacrosse, um, and made varsity as a freshman, um, for cross country, not lacrosse. (laughs) Be very clear there. I will not, I will not toot my own horn as a great lacrosse player. (laughs) Hand-eye coordination sports, not my thing. Things like gymnastics, running really good because there's no ball involved. Um, you throw a ball at me. I'm like, oh God. Yes. Uh, Um, wonderful as a PE teacher too, might I add. So like we can talk so many side (laughs) stories about like me teaching sports I'm bad at and being like, it's okay if you miss, it's such a lesson to learn. Like as I I do all the time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so anyway, I, I ran cross country and, um, played lacrosse and those were kind of my, my two sports, if you will, come high school. Um, and so I was a really active kid. I, I ran a lot, you know, cross country was obviously in the fall. Lacrosse was in the spring winter. I don't really remember what I did in the winter, probably just like some running here and there. Um, but I remember that I would come home from cross country practice in the fall. You know, I'd get home from doing like a 10 mile practice. I'd get home, crush like a box of Cheez-Its and six pop tarts. My dad would get home from work and he'd be like, what'd you eat after practice today? And I'd be like, (laughs) Cheez-Its. 
and pop tarts. Uh-huh. Like, Joelle, like you just ran for two hours, three hours, whatever. Like you got to get some protein in. And I remember so vividly going over to the, the box of Cheez-Its that was now in the garbage because I ate the entire thing. Yeah. I'd pull out the box and be like, dad, there's two grams of protein in this. <laughs> like I got protein and there's like five servings in this. So really I got like 10 grams, 10 of grams protein. dad, come on. <laughs> right. And I remember like defending myself, like there's protein in this. Um, and so I, long story short, as much as I, you know, was active, I definitely had no frame of reference regarding protein or the importance of, uh, you know, healthy fats or having protein at every meal or anything like that. Um, I would say I was a typical like high school kid in the sense of like I ate cereal or pop tarts for breakfast. Um, when I got to school and had school lunch, it was like, a bag of popcorn, a plate of French fries and like whatever else came with the lunch that day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then before practice, I would crush a peanut butter and fluff sandwich that my mom made for me. And then I'd get home, eat some snacks until my mom cooked dinner. And then dinner was always a very balanced meal of like a protein, a veggie, a carb, you know, whatever. But that was probably my only meal of the day that had like, that was a balanced meal, you know, in any way or, or a nutrient dense meal in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, So the unfortunate side um, of, of that transitional process is eventually once I went to college, um, I stopped playing lacrosse. I stopped running 10 miles a day, but I kept those same wonderful eating habits. Mm. Um, and, but I was no longer burning the amount, you know, my caloric expenditure was so much different when I went to college. Um, but I kept eating the way that I was eating. Um, and I was always the person that was like, I could eat whatever I want and never gain weight. Well, that was only because I was super active. So then I went to college and was not having that same level of activity, kept eating the way that I was eating and miraculously gained 30 pounds my freshman year. Mm. So that ended up really being the um, kind of spark or like what catapulted me then into an official fitness journey. Um, Because then for the first time in my life, I had like a weight loss goal. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my head always hurts after these come always like, yes, yes, yes. Cause I'm like great <laughs> with you. I'm like, yes. Cause same thing. Like I was a dancer and soccer were my two sports. And I got yeah. to a point where I had to pick one. Like they're like, you can't do both. Yeah. And then I went soccer and then it was track and, and I, same exact story. Like, even though we have parents that are into fitness and understand, and my mom would be like, you need to eat same thing. Yeah. Freaking she would every, before every soccer game, cause our games were at like 7 PM at night she would always make me like a turkey wrap. Like it was like a wrap with turkey. She's like, you need protein before you go play this sport. And same thing. I'd eat like a bag of chips. And like, if I, if no, if sometimes if I didn't have anything packed, it was like bag of chips and like a yogurt maybe. And then like my mom would sometimes put things out to be like, you can pack your own lunch because you're old enough. Like, I'm not going to pack your lunch for you, but here's things to here's do. Here's what you should pack. <laughs> yeah, like it was like a peanut yeah. butter. I would do like peanut butter banana wraps for lunch and then trail mix and yogurt. And people would look at me and be like, that looks really good. And I'm like, yeah, like it's almost like we didn't get it. We just didn't yeah. get it, right? Yeah. And then you, same thing. You So, okay, so you get into college. Did you continue 
So there was like no more running your freshman year. You were kind of so over it or what? It was, it's funny. I, I was, first of all, you know, like you go to college, you're walking a ton. Like you're walking all around campus. I was active in that capacity and there was a gym on campus and I would occasionally go to the gym. I knew nothing really about lifting weights at this point. Um, so when I did go to the gym, it was, I'd be on a bike or a treadmill or an elliptical, like cardio queen, didn't know anything about weights. Um, even watching like my dad, weight lift, I had gone like lifted with him a few times, but I was always like, if I'm going to work out, I want to go like run for an hour or whatever. Yeah. So there were definitely, um, there were definitely workouts and runs and things like that sprinkled in but it's not like I got to college and was like, I'm going to run five days a week or like, I'm going to run, you know, four days a week before my 8am's. Um, there wasn't yeah. really any structure to it. It was kind of like, you know, if my roommate wanted to go to the gym, I'd go with her. Or like, if I had time to kill between classes, I might go. It was just kind of very like inconsistent. Um, and so there was exercise sprinkled in, it just wasn't as routine as it was the way before. And then obviously like you introduce a kid who like loves food and thinks she is unable to get fat um, to dining halls and 24 seven ice cream and cereal. And you're like, yes, it's yeah, great. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so I had no concept at all of, of calories or uh, you know, seco, right? Calories in, calories out, or, you know, just caloric expenditure and any of that. And, um, and, you know, as a PE major, you're like living in sweats, you know, you're, you're in sweats all the time. Um, so I'm in leggings and, and, you know, my school sweatpants and school shirt and all of that. And so I didn't even really realize that my clothes weren't fitting because everything I wore still fit because yeah. it was, it was loose sweatpants stuff. I was never in like jeans and whatever until it was a weekend and I was going out and then I was in like a stretchy dress or a stretchy skirt and all that right. stuff still fit. So I was never really grasping that I was gaining weight, interestingly. Um, and uh, eventually I went home for summer um, after my freshman year and um Oh, that my, my dad said something to me. I, I can't even remember what it was. Like, uh, it was something so innocently said, like, um, something so innocently said, like, you look a little different than when I last saw you. Like it was mm -hmm. something like that was not meant to be anything. And I was like, Oh, like, I wonder, like, what is, what does he mean? And then I got home to like put on all my summer clothes and my summer shorts from the previous summer, like whatever I left home and none of that fit. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I guess I like gained a few pounds and I had no clue at all, like how much or like in my head, I'm like, oh, I probably put on like five pounds or whatever. And I went upstairs, went up to my parents' weight scale and I went to college weighing uh, 98 pounds. I was a teeny kid. Yeah. Um, and, and I came home and I got on that scale and I was 130 and I was like, <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. Um, I didn't, I didn't right. even know like that could happen. Like right. I would, so that kind of sparked the reentry introduction to like, let me get back in a gym. Uh, I've always loved running. I've always loved exercise. Let me get back to that. Um, and so it really, it, it started very innocently. It was never like, I hate my body. I'm disgusted in myself. It was really like, 
damn it, my shorts don't fit. I should start running again. Like it was so, it wasn't, it didn't come from this like place of self-loathing. It really did stem from more of a place of self-love of like, hey, I know exercise is good for me and I kind of want to get back to those roots and be nice if my clothes fit again and I didn't have to buy a new wardrobe as a a broke college kid. Right, Um, right. So it was a very innocent, like re-intro to me wanting to be active again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that summer I started um, going to the gym more. I'd go to the gym with my dad a bit. Um, And so I was doing cardio and then, you know, I'd go in the morning, do an hour of cardio or whatever on whatever machine, running, biking, whatever. And then my dad started introducing me more to like, Hey, let me show you how to use some of these machines and like weights and whatnot. And then, um, oddly enough, and it was, it kind of just ended up being like this perfect storm. Um, my dad was diagnosed with cancer that summer and, um, the gym then became my outlet. Mm. And so I used to say like, I'm, I'm going to the gym in the morning for like my physical health. And then I'm going back in the afternoon because my mental health needs it. Mm. And so then it turned into me working out twice a day um, for no other reason. Again, not because like I hated myself or hated my body. It was just like, I, I felt like I needed, it was my outlet. It's, that's what running was for me. I was angry. I went on a run. I was stressed. Mm-hmm. I went on a run. And so then the gym became that. Like I was stressed out. I went to the gym. I was upset. I went to the gym. I was angry. I went to the gym. And so I wasn't trying to create this toxic relationship um, with myself or my body or, or exercise. um, But it did kind of turn into that. And so I did start losing weight. Um, I would say in the beginning, I didn't change a ton about my nutrition because I didn't, I didn't really know how Mm -hmm. Um, I, I definitely tried to make some better choices, um, but you know, less snacking, things like that. But for the most part, it was just the addition of so much more exercise um, than it was dietary changes. Right. Um, And so then I went back to school, you know, summer ended. Uh, I went back to school in the fall. Uh, My dad's at home, you know, recovering from his recent cancer surgery. I'm four hours away at school. My boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, Um, is, is living, you know, back in New York, four hours away. Um, I'm maxed out on credits at school. I'm a double major health and PE and a minor in special ed. So I'm, you know, maxed out in terms of my schoolwork. Um, I start not getting along with my roommate. Like there were all these things happening that were like very much out of my control. Mm -hmm. And at the time I didn't see this, but looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, I could see now that there were so many things happening in my life that felt so out of my control that I started really clinging on to exercise and nutrition as the two things in my life that I could control. Um, And so while that journey started really innocently of like, hey, my shorts don't fit and I want to get back to my running, um, it slowly became a very obsessive, very toxic relationship with body image and food and fearing food and over exercising. And, um, when I eventually started that journey to wanting to quote unquote, learn more about nutrition, right. You take an 18, 19 year old kid and you tell them to Google, like how to get abs quick, how to get abs this summer. And it's like, no sugar, no carbs, no fat, no salt, no eggs, no yolks, no this, no that. And so I 
became very fearful of, of a lot of different foods because mm -hmm. the interwebs told me it was bad for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, where things ended up just spiraling. I, I started creating this list in my head of good foods and bad foods. And, um, you know, that list got, got the, the bad food list got bigger and bigger and the good food list got smaller and smaller. And, um, it just, it spiraled, it spiraled. And it was a few years. I eventually, um, I finished out that second year of school and I transferred back home to New York. I needed to be like around family and have their support and, you know, um, get to get to a place where I was not in, uh, previously in, in that final year. Um, so yeah, it started innocently, um, and spiraled pretty viciously, and, uh, and I've been sharing, <laughs> sharing my journey ever since. Right. So many, well, thank you for sharing all of that. Cause I, I had totally kind of blanked on your dad's history. Like I remember things about it yeah. we talked about, but it's, it's so common. Not only do I have really good friends that are therapists, but I've obviously gone to a therapist since I was 10. And it's like the same, like so much of what you're saying, I'm just like, gosh, like, it's like saying my story, but like, obviously they're different, but they're so similar. It's like the second something's out of control, we grasp onto those like low hanging fruits of like, okay, fitness and food, I, easy things. Right. That those I are in my control, control. Yeah. right here, right now. And that's like the same, what happened with me. And it happens with so many people that I've worked with. It's like, well, what got us to this spiraling place. Oh, well, you know, I lost my job or my sister got sick or, you know, mm -hmm. it's something that triggers yep. that for us. Yeah. And every, everyone has a different trigger point. It's like, and especially when we're in college and we're, I look back now so and I'm vulnerable. like, you're saying the list of bad foods. Like I was surrounded by people that were doing this. So we did, we had a bodybuilding show at my school and that it's like a very, it's been happening for generations. Like the pictures are all over the gym, you know, whatever. And so I remember getting into that and everyone on the podcast knows that whole story, but getting into lifting weights after being an athlete, same thing. Like, what do I do now? Who's going to be in charge of my schedule? And I started lifting and wanting to be like my friend, Courtney, who was a gymnast and was jacked. And I was like, I'm going to be Courtney. And I'm like, 10 inches taller than Courtney and a completely different body shape. And I'm like, I want to be like Courtney. And so that's, but I remember being so naive and such mm -hmm. a sponge to yes. what was around me. And people would tell me, don't eat carrots, don't eat blueberries <sighs> because of the sugar. And then I was like, oh my God, if fruit and vegetables are bad, then then, then avocados are probably worse because they have yeah. fat in them. And, mm -hmm. and it just, and you're on your own and you don't, you know, I remember, I don't know about you, but like my mom would call me and be like, Hey, like, cause she would notice like weight loss in me and didn't really want to say anything too triggering, but just because of my history, but she was just kind of like, Hey, like you, you look like something's going on. Like, you know, are you eating fat? Like, are you, and I'm like, yeah, mom, like leave me alone. And then I'm like lying right to her face. Cause I'm right. like, I'm 19. I know everything, you know, yes. but we made diet oh, circles. There like was such friend. a cockiness. There was such a oh. cockiness back then. I remember, you know, <laughs> I remember coming home on like spring breaks and my dad being like, you got way too thin, Joelle. Like this, just this, how much are you working out? How much are you eating? And him saying to me, 
you're not eating enough. This is not enough food. You need more carbs. You need more of this. And I remember literally being like, well, I have a six pack and you don't. So who's, who's doing something wrong here? Yeah. And like, oh my gosh. And I want to just, I want to slap myself for, yes. for, you know, thinking that way. But there was this, this just extreme naiveness about like, well, uh, I got lean and I look more muscular and I have a six pack now. So obviously I'm doing something right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So for you, <coughs> I'm going to get a tickle literally out of nowhere. Mm. Drink coffee. That'll help Casey. So, yes, that'll help. Um, for you. So your sophomore year, you get into working out again, you start to want to lose this weight, all this stuff happens, you transfer. So I didn't even realize you went to Lock Haven. So I went to Slippery Rock University, if you're aware of yeah. Slippery Rocks on the other side of PA, but yeah. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. So closer to that side, but right. it's interesting. Cause I'm like, I've been to Lock Haven when I decided to join the track team my sophomore year and then, and then quit, but I did yeah. go to Lock Haven for a meet at one point. So, but, so yeah, I'm just like, oh, we know we're around the same area, but anyway, so sophomore year, you transfer back. Now at this point, mm-hmm. All right, so you're back with your boyfriend, you're back around your family. Is your dad doing better or are you still finding that you're struggling while you're home with the food and the fitness? So um, dad's healed, everyone's good. Boyfriend, you know, things are good. All that was normal. I, I It's not like I transferred home and all my problems were gone. Mm-hmm. I transferred home and I still struggled. And now I had the struggle of everyone telling me I'm always wrong. Everyone telling me I'm never eating enough. Everyone telling me I shouldn't be going to the gym again. Everyone telling me, you know, eat more and let me put more food on your plate and pushing food. And so, you know, transferring back home came with then a new set of, of struggles um, and feeling like I was constantly being watched. Um, and I remember it got to a point where like my, when my parents would leave the house, like I would eat because I was just, I was so annoyed with being judged for whatever I did choose to or not to eat. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't just go away. You know, um, my parents definitely were still very much vocal about their, their, uh, disapproval in a sense of the way that I was doing things. Um, and really what the, what the main turning point was honestly was, um, there was a, there was a, a guy that reached out to me on Instagram, um, and said, Hey, look, um, I run a coaching company and this is so unheard of now, but he said, mm-hmm. I run a coaching company could I coach you for free? And you'd be like a a sponsored athlete for my coaching company. Mm. Um, So something that we definitely do not do now, like coaches (laughs) are not really coaching people for free as like sponsored athletes and whatnot. Um, But he recognized that I was pretty disordered and something about my journey made him feel like he could help and wanted to help. And so, um, I ended up like idolizing this person, like, oh my gosh, like someone wants to take me under their wing. And he had a lot of followers at the time. And so I remember thinking like, wow, like he must really know his stuff and he wants to coach me like what an honor. And I did start working with him and, um, he was really the first person that opened up my eyes to, um, tracking macros 
And um, I don't even know if we called it that at the time. It wasn't like if it fits your macros or flexible dieting, like it was still so early on. I don't even think it had a name yet, Yeah. but he was really the first person that had introduced um, the concept of calories in calories out to me, because I was always like food, certain foods, good, certain foods, bad. Well, and clean, were you not like in yes, that whole thing? Eat for- clean. I was, oh, yeah. I just like Eat had clean, to throw that train out there. Dirty? Like, we were, yeah, yes. We were like <laughs> in the same, and I look back and I'm like, I worked with people that they're yeah. like, they had me as one of their like people, but I was so like bowed down to these people of like, we all, it, it put us on like a pedestal in a way of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, we eat clean. And yeah, we're the clean eaters. We're the clean Mm -hmm. eaters. And like, and then, and then behind the scenes, like hairs falling out, nails are horrible. (laughs) My period's gone out the window. And I'm like, but I am prestigious because I will persevere. (laughs) Um, because I eat asparagus and tilapia for every meal. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. It was like a badge of honor. It was. And, and honestly, I, I, I'll never forget that um, there was a time that uh, he, he had me originally on some like meal plans. And then he would have me like, you know, like eat a piece of cheesecake or something on a weekend. And I was like, I haven't had a piece of cheesecake in years. Like you, yeah. I, that's terrifying to me. Like that doesn't sound like a good idea. And so it ended up sparking this conversation over like, well, you know, if you're eating, you know, if you're still in the range of the amount of calories that you need, like you can't gain weight. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts to explain to me, like, look, if you had 2000 calories of clean food or 2000 calories of cookies and brownies and cake and whatever, like, yes, one is more nutrient dense. One is healthier, more fiber, blah, blah, blah. But this wouldn't make you gain more body fat than this, uh, you know, from one, one pile of food to the other. Um, you know, if you need 2000 calories a day, you're going to maintain your weight at 2000 calories a day, regardless of if you have a pop tart or a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I was like, mind blown, mind blown. Like this, this went against everything I knew, everything I thought I knew. And we still see this now, right? With clients, we still see this, like, wait a minute, you're telling me I could have like a scoop of ice cream and it won't make me fat. Like this is still a mind blowing concept for a lot of people because of the disservice really of diet culture and what we've perpetuated, you know, uh, uh, healthy to be. Um, but that was the game changer for me. That was a really, really pivotal part of my journey because um, it really changed the way I thought about food. Um, And it really changed my perspective on food and nutrition. And um, by the same token, my body image, Mm. Um, you know, I was no longer bad, a bad person. If I wanted to eat a cookie, you know, Mm. I would be okay. Um, and so I know that certainly the fix to an eating disorder is not to get someone to track macros. Um, I know that that is not a valid method of treatment. And most people in ED treatment, you know, are, are asked slash forced to step away from any sort of tracking. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me personally, um, and, and there was definitely a period where then I switched kind of obsessions and became like macro tracking obsessive about those numbers being perfect. Mm -hmm. But for me, in terms of my relationship with food, that idea of calories in calories out of macro tracking drastically changed, um, 
the, the way that I thought about food and my relationship with food. And I think was the start of my transition out of an eating disorder. Yeah. And I remember, uh, like vividly your story. Like I, I remember you being like how lean you were. Like, I remember like the pictures of your abs. Cause I also in a, you know, all of us that knew that still know each other, but knew each other even more intimately at that time, because of just the less amount of people on Instagram. But I remember me being going through the same stuff and looking at you and being like, Oh my God, like look at Joelle's abs or like other people out there. It's like, we, we all like loved each other, but we were also like, all idolizing, idolizing each other Mm -hmm. or looking at how they ate versus what I'm eating. And I just remember, like, I just remember so many of the people that I followed for so long, like their stories. And that's why for, for you, like for, and I also, if I look back at the time of our time being around or like, you know, going through this stuff, right. I had like an iPhone one um, that took horrible pictures. There was no such thing as like a normal selfie. There was, I had a a digital camera that I used for pictures. And I wonder like how much more we would have struggled if Instagram was how it was now, because obviously a lot of girls that I train are in like, I train a ton of soccer athletes. It's just what I fell into here. And I obviously like, I love, I love it and I love them, but a lot of them are in college now. And I started with them when they were like 11, 12. And now, you know, I always try to bring that message back, especially with my athletes of you need to fuel your body. You need to get stronger. We, you, I don't like, if you make a comment on your body, I'm going to be like, Hey, like, let's see where the, where that's coming from. Why do we feel that way? Like, you know what I mean? And it's such a different conversation than when we were doing the, I was doing these shows you were doing, you know, whatever. And it's like, how can I get leaner? How can I, I'm an athlete, but I want to look, I want to look this way, no matter my performance doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So I think like, I just wonder, I know how my girls struggle with body image now because of social media. So, and I'm sure you agree, but it's just like, what would we would be, I feel like even more deeper in that hole yeah, if it was I like agree. How it is now. I agree. And, and I saw it even, you know, before I left teaching, um, I was teaching health and PE at a high school level. So, you know, seeing kids now with Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter and everything else, Um, And being in a health class where I'm teaching about eating disorders and mental illness and nutrition, um, you know, it was very interesting to see how much social media played a role in people's body image issues. And, you know, for us, it was like, yeah, we, we saw our friends doing it, but it was not this like massive fitness world that we were being exposed to the the way that it is now. In fact, I remember a lot of the people that that I wanted to look like at the time were people that I like people that I didn't know, but like random pictures of strangers on Pinterest. Pinterest was like just starting to become a thing. And like fitness Pinterest 
was more of a thing at the time than fitness Instagram. And so when I wanted like an ab workout or something, I'd go to Pinterest and I would pin these like goal bodies, right? Mm -hmm. on, on Pinterest that were, they weren't tied to any one person. There was no account to follow. It would just be like a random image of someone that came from God knows where. And I can't imagine now growing up and being in that vulnerable position, but having Instagram fitness world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, you felt like this too, Casey, especially with a teaching background. Once I started to kind of be on the other side of it, a healthier side of it. I was just like, man, there's so much misinformation out there. And like the internet did me dirty. Like I got screwed. And this took a few years of my life because I Googled things and expected that information that I was trying to find and research and be responsible about, you know, here I was like, instead of like reading a stupid magazine article, I'd try to like find an article from a health website, but those were wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember getting to a point where I was like, I just want to start sharing everything I'm learning so that maybe it can prevent others from going through that. And it's kind of just where my Instagram now stems from in terms of lots of content and lots of education is just like, I just want people to be informed because misinformation was so dangerous to me and it's so dangerous to anyone. And I've just always kind of been under the notion now of like, I want to give people as much free content as I can. If they want to work with, you know, me or my team as a coach, great. But like, I want people to still be able to access accurate and reliable free information because I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have that, that access when I was 18, 19 and I ended up with an eating disorder. And to be honest too, a lot of us, like you said, like we were in that cocky mindset of like, this is the way, this is yeah, the way the it should way. be. And then the people we followed also believed that was the way. Yeah. So you would kind of get um, reassured when you went on social media. Yeah, of like, yeah, like, okay, I'm eating clean. I'm eating perfect. I'm doing this. Like that's what everyone was doing. And we all believed it. And yeah. And look at that for both of us. I mean, it took me years to like, just go out to ice cream with my family and be okay with it yeah. or years to even like so many simple things, like eat two spoonfuls of peanut butter instead of just one. Cause that's what I used to compete with. And it was just like, yeah. it was constant coming out of that hole. Um, but I wonder for you, when did it like for you, especially with becoming a teacher like that for me, I, I remember teaching kindergartners and my student teaching about nutrition and feeling like such a hypocrite and being like, yeah. here I am with these adorable, innocent children telling them fuel your engine and be a car and fill your gas tank up with food. And we, we did this whole nutrition um, thing was like what I was known yeah, for yeah. was like, we did this whole thing. And then I'd leave and be like, oh yeah, like I kind of like, I didn't eat that part of my lunch and I didn't. And then I'd go to the gym and I'd be underfed. And then I'd like go home and like hide my food. Cause I didn't want my roommates judging me of like what I was eating and I'd eat by myself all the time. I mean, it was such a cycle. And I, I remember that was a big, a big light bulb for me was like, to myself, like Casey, you're, you're spewing these great messages to these kids yeah. and then you can't follow it on your own. Like, how yeah. am I supposed to ever lead with some type of honesty? And that was a big, 
wake up call for me. So I wonder for you, was there a wake up call when it, and I'd love to know the transition into teaching and, and what might've changed for you during that time? Yeah, I think, I think I had a few kind of wake up calls, um, in terms of realizing how disordered I was and, and those kind of hypocritical moments. I mean, this is just a silly example, but we absolutely love birthdays in my house. Like my, how I grew up, my mom makes the biggest deal of birthdays and she bakes like a homemade cake every, for everyone's birthday. Every- love it. And um, I remember one year, I remember it's picking up, I think on your headphones. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> my headphones died. So I had to take them out. No, you're good. So uh, there was this kind of pivotal moment that I do remember because my mom used to bake us all birthday cakes for our birthdays. And one year came around, my mom like celebrating my birthday, all the families over, they made food. She made her birthday cake. The birthday cake comes out and I will not touch it. I will not look at it. And I didn't like, I was like, I don't eat that stuff. I didn't even want it. Like, yeah you're so deep in an eating disorder when you're so deep in like that you truly believe like that cake like is so bad and so disgusting you're like judging everyone else that's eating it and and you don't even want it it's not like you're sitting there like man I wish I could have that like you don't even want it and so I remember my mom coming over and handing me a piece of cake and I wouldn't take it and she was like you're not, you're not going to have birthday cake. Yeah. And, and I said, I was like shocked. Like, why, like, why are you even asking me? Of course I'm not having that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom started crying. Oh, that was like a really, really pivotal moment for me. Cause I was like, huh, my food choices aren't just affecting me now. Like that, mm-hmm. that really upset someone else. Like let me internalize like why other people are getting that upset that I didn't have a piece of cake because I think for my mom it wasn't that she was so offended it was probably that she realized just how messed up my mind really yeah yeah Um, in terms of my relationship with food and I think that's what was so upsetting to her so like that was one of those pivotal moments um and shortly after that, you know, maybe a year or two later, um, my grandmother passed away, uh, my mom's mom. And, um, and I, I brought a Tupperware to her funeral mm. and my mom is like doing her eulogy and I'm sitting there eating a Tupperware of food, um, because I had to eat every three hours and it had to be food that I prepared and it had to be you know, a protein and a vegetable, and it had to be on my time and on my watch and blah, blah, blah. And I, it was like the first time that my um, boyfriend at the time, now my husband Mm -hmm. said something to me about like, maybe you should leave that in the car. And I was like, I remember getting so mad at him. Like, you're supposed to support me. Um, And so that was another one of those like pivotal moments of like, feeling really judged, but like, actually it got through to me that time. Mm-hmm. I took a plate. I took a Tupperware to a wedding before. Like I wait, when you said that, I was like, I would have done the same thing at that time. Yeah. Like I just, I took Tupperware to the pool with my friends. I took, I'm talking like stinky ass Tupperware, like stinky yeah. freaking things. Oh, like yeah, why like was flat, I bringing it? It was literally yeah. like floppy and asparagus. Yeah. yeah. 
I took a, I remember taking a Tupperware container to a wedding when they had a beautiful protein vegetable like source there. And I was like, nope, need my own. Yeah. Oh girl, we were the same person. But so for, so then I always love to know, like, how did you start to come out of it? Like, what did you start to do? I wish I could say there was one thing. It was Mm -hmm. definitely years. It was years because even when I no longer would have said I have an eating disorder, I still definitely had some disordered behaviors. That didn't go away for a long time on my back. Yep, you're good. (laughs) That'll keep hitting my um, opening the case. Yes. Um, So I, I, I don't know that there was one thing that I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing it this way. And now I'm just going to be cured or healed. I think I tried to, you know, start with taking some more rest days. Um, I think I tried to start being okay with just eating, eating a little bit more, um, macros. Like I said, it was something that did help me for quite some time because, I defaulted to not eating enough. So by tracking, it helped me actually be conscious of eating enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Macro tracking in that sense was helpful for me, but then like, you know, the, 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 that can become disordered too, where you're like, must hit every number down to the last gram, like must be perfect. Cannot Mm -hmm. go out to dinner because then my macros won't be correct. Mm -hmm. Um, so that then, you know, came with another slew of, um, restrictiveness and, and, um, too much structure in a sense. And I think just over the years as different chapters of my fitness journey arose, um, I was getting to, you know, experience that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be dieting all the time and I couldn't be stage lean all the time. Um, and a few years ago, I started to really struggle with my hormones and missing periods. I got a PCOS diagnosis and, um, my thyroid was all wonky and I'm like, how could any of this be messed up? Like I'm like the healthiest person ever. Right. And then you start to realize that it's all the years of being quote unquote too healthy that ended up, you know, really messing with your health and your menstrual cycle and your hormones and uh, thyroid and all of that. And so, um, you know, then at that point, when I learned all of that, then that was a new chapter of my journey to like getting a menstrual cycle back. And that meant reverse dieting. And that meant increasing my calories drastically. And that meant lowering my training intensity and my training frequency a ton so that I could get that cycle back so that I could one day get pregnant and start a family and just all these different things. And so, um, you know, over the past 10 years, um, you know, it's, it's gone from like innocently starting fitness to like downward spiral into an eating disorder, clean eating to macro tracking to, uh, you know, bodybuilding athlete and, um, you know, having to be photo shoot ready, you know, at the the drop of a pin, um, you know, always keeping me in these dieting phases and then, you know, uh, hormone battle started. And then it became, you know, I got to eat more. I need to intentionally gain weight so I can get my period back. And, um, you know, so then that kind of started this whole gut and hormone journey, Um, and about two years after that, um, got, got my cycles back. I'm now pregnant. Um, and so it's 
Yay! (laughs) Wild, wild journey of um, different pieces of my fitness journey and and my health journey. So one, thanks for sticking around all that time. Um, (laughs) I know I've gone through some some different phases and my content has shifted and all of that. Love it. Um, But yeah, there's just, there's, there's so much, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, um, like what, uh, what I necessarily did differently. It was almost like every chapter that happened, I was just trying to do what I needed, what I thought I was supposed to do in that chapter, you know, to, to get me through that chapter or that phase. That's a hundred percent how I feel. Like, I feel like if someone asked me that question, I'd be like, well, here's a list of six things over over, yeah, you over know, a, a 10, <laughs> over a 10 year span. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And things always come up and shift and change. And yeah. to this day, you know, I'm 32 years old and it's like shifting and changing, you know? And so <clears throat> I'd love to just, there's two more topics. I definitely, and I want to be mindful of your time, but we could talk forever, but I know I love this might be a two-part series people. So get ready. <laughs> Why I'm all of a sudden choking. Like what happened to me? I don't know. Getting that before something's in the air. Something's so weird. I'm like, (laughs) I've been fine all day. Um, so I'd love to touch on the entrepreneurial switch from being a teacher. Cause we're the same. Like I taught for, you taught longer than I did, but I, I went right out of school. I I got a long-term sub job at the high school that I went to for a phys ed teacher that I had. And so I was all of a sudden in the office with the other teachers that I had, and I was one of their coworkers, which was crazy. Um, and of course, you know, a little tiny office that three people shared inside of the freaking locker room. Like I'm such a light and airy and windows open person. And then you shove me in this dungeon. Yeah. And I was like, I'm losing my mind in here. And so I did an eight week long-term sub job made good money. It was like an emergency sub. So I made good uh-huh. money. I was like, all right, I'll do this till two. And then I would start like doing my blog after, and then I would be doing training clients in my parents' house. And it was always ready to shift, but I was so afraid to do it. Cause we, I didn't have a business background. I took one business course at university of Pittsburgh just to, just to learn something. Like I literally yeah. was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but for you, you taught longer than me. I'd love to know, I followed along that whole journey of you, but I'd love to know just a little bit about that. Like what, what came up for you? What did you feel during it? Like, I just, I want people to know about the entrepreneurial shift that. Yeah. So, so I knew nothing about business. Um, it was never my plan to run a business. Um, honestly, it kind of just happened that that person that ended up sponsoring me, right. Um, that I spoke about before as, as you know, him coaching me and I was, I would be an athlete. Eventually the more I learned and the more, um, educated I became, and I was in school during that time for health and PE still, um, he eventually asked me if I wanted to coach for his company and be a coach that worked under him. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, as long as you're going to oversee everything and I'm not going to screw anyone up, like, yeah, I think I, I think I have this down pat in terms of like writing meal plans and or macros and, and workouts for people. And so I worked under him for a little bit and long story short, I won't get into this, but long story short, there was a falling out. Um, I left the company. Um, I didn't like how things were being run, but I still had clients like from that company that were like, Hey, we know you left. Like, we don't want to stay there without you. Like we want to work with you. And my husband, um, you know, and my parents were both 
boyfriend at the time, husband now, yes. <laughs> uh, we're both like, uh, you know, Joelle, if you're going to be coaching people, like you need to be ha- like, you need a legitimate business. Like you need to get an LLC. You need to have a contract. Like you need to like liability wise. Um, so my family was very adamant about like, look, if you're going to help people, that's great, but like, you got to do it the right way. And so, um, you know, I had, you know, my parents and my boyfriend at the time helped me set all of that up so that I could just take those few people from that previous company that were, um, you know, wanting my help. And that's kind of where, um, my coaching began. And then as, Instagram was growing. And as people were finding my page and I was sharing more content, it became that more and more people were wanting to work with me. And so, um, you know, I'd start to take more people while I was in school. Um, and then I graduated, finished my health and PE degrees, and then was like, I still have so much to learn. Like I'm not done. So then I stayed in school, did my master's in exercise science, um, continued to take some clients on the side of that. And then once I finished that degree, I got my teaching job. So then I was hired as a high school health and PE teacher, was teaching full-time and still had like some of those clients on the side. And then what had started to happen by like my last year of teaching, I taught four years. Got it. So by that last year of teaching, um, I started waitlisting people because I was getting so many inquiries from Instagram. Um, and I was only one person. I was like, look, I, I work another full-time job guys. Like my job is not to be an influencer or like a fitness Instagram girl. Like I, I have a job, yeah. um, you know, like I'm so right. You know, like this is my <laughs> full-time thing. Um, and so, um, I started waitlisting people and it got to a point where, uh, by the end of that school year, I had a wait list of 150 people. And I was oh like, my gosh, this is a lot of people. And I was so just maxed out on time in terms of like, I was up at four, I'd go work out at 4.30 AM, um, go to the gym, come home, shower, eat, then walk to school, um, which was right around the block for me, luckily, because we lived in New York City, walk to school, teach all day on my prep periods, instead of like grading and lesson planning, I'm answering client emails. Then I get out of school and have to grade lesson plan, answer client emails, do client programming. And then on weekends, I did all of my check-ins with my clients. So it was just like seven days a week of working and me having no life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm making money on the side of teaching and all of that. And, um, that fourth year, that final school year is when all of my like hormone health stuff started happening. My missing cycles, um, a lot of weight gain, um, associated with those hormone issues. And I was just having like a really tough school year, like mentally, emotionally. Um, and I just started to really not feel valued at my school job. And I felt like, man, I I could hop on Instagram where I'm getting so much validation and people want to hear from me and they want to learn from me and they want me to teach them. And they're on a wait list trying to pay me a good amount of money, um, you know, not to make it about the money at all. But there were there were people that wanted so badly to work with me. They were sitting on wait lists for months and I'm going into school where like, I can't even get a kid to come to class or like 
you know, someone to, to respond to an email from a staff member that I needed. And it just felt like, I just started to really not feel aligned with what I was doing at the school. And and I love teaching and I love my students, but I just really started to not feel valued at least in comparison to coaching. Yeah. Um, and being in that kind of one-on-one capacity versus a classroom capacity. And so, um, my husband and I, that final year started playing around with like, the numbers and the possibility of like me leaving teaching and potentially taking Joelle Samantha Fitness at the time um, full time, because if there were all these people trying to work with me and I could leave teaching and take on those people, not all 150 of them, of course, right. but that was take more than what I was taking during the school year, which was like 20 people at a time and then waitlisting the rest. Um, you know, could I help all these people and could I make enough money that it would not, not just make up for my teacher's salary because New York teachers are, are paid fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't just my salary. It was like, your you know, as a teacher, like your pension, your insurance, your, you know, 401k, your, your TDA, like there's all mm-hmm. these other accounts that are being paid into and New York city teachers, you got free health insurance for you and your family. So like nice. grant. We didn't pay health insurance. We had no dental. We had no eye. We had no, you know, general, you know, general care, dentist, anything. We didn't pay for anything. So like that insurance piece alone was a massive, you know, undertaking if I left teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a lot to consider, but um, mentally and health wise and financially, we were like, Hey, we have no kids right now. Um, we do well, we're really good savers. We're not egregious spenders. Like if we were going to try it, this would be the year because Mm -hmm. like, this is probably like our final year before we try and have kids. Now this was years ago because life never goes as planned. (laughs) Um, This was not last year, Uh Um, but I finished out. uh, It it was still semi-recent. I mean, we're recording this uh, no, it's not July anymore. I know, right? August of 2021, if you're getting this later. And this was my, um, I, I finished out the 2019 school year. So this was fairly recent. Yeah. Um, and so I finished out that 2019 school year, made the decision in like March that I was going to leave. Didn't tell anyone, Mm -hmm. um, officially resigned in August, told, told my principal at the time, um, in August, told my AP and everything. And I'll never forget. My AP said to me, are you sure you're going to, you're going to want to do that? You're going to have to pay for your own insurance. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so funny that like insurance was the thing that he was like, are you sure you're going to, you're going to have to pay for insurance. Right. And, um, and so anyway, I, I did leave, you know, and, and that, That next school year, you know, going back to school, September, 2019, obviously I didn't go back and I started to scale Joelle Samantha fitness as much as I can could. Um, and that following March was when the COVID COVID COVID-19 started. Mm -hmm. And so it was that final year before the COVID-19 craziness. And all I could think now is like, man, I'm so glad I got out when I did. Right. If, if I didn't leave then that COVID-19 school year would have sent me out anyway with just right. the distance learning and and all of that um but yeah so i i took on as many people as i could once i left um teaching and um realized that that allowed me to take another you know 25 30 people onto my roster but okay so now i still have another 120 people on my ro- on my wait list and that's still growing right um, so i realized that it didn't necessarily solve all of my problems to leave teaching because i still had 
uh, more people trying to work with me than I had the capacity for. So, um, so I, I started building out a few like eBooks and things like that to sell those that did really well. Again, didn't solve my problem of like one-on-one -on -one people still wanting to work with me. Um, and so in, uh, as soon as 2020 hit in like January, I started toying around with the idea of like bringing on an assistant coach to like give these other clients to you. Like I'll mm -hmm. take a little piece, give them the client, blah, blah, blah. And so in, uh, when I started getting that idea, I was like, you know, I, I I'm going to start hiring and, and I'm going to bring someone onto my team. I want like a cool team name. Like, I don't want it to be just be like the Joel Samantha show anymore. Yeah. Like if I have an assistant coach, like it's not just about me. You know, right. Professional. Right. So I ended up rebranding into level 10 and the, the 10 T E N is an acronym for training, education, and nutrition. Um, we're here to level up your training, education, and nutrition. And that's where level 10 came from. Yeah. And so I hired my first coach. We launched in April, right? So like two, three weeks into a pandemic, wow. we launched level 10. And within a month, my assistant coach's roster was full. And I was wow. like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm going to need another coach. Yep. <laughs> so I start putting out feelers on Instagram of like, hey, anyone want to come like work with me and this other coach and get clients? Like I have lots for you. Right. Anyone want to come do this? And I started getting hundreds of applications and I was like, Wow. Okay. This is really cool and really humbling. And I didn't think anyone cared this much. Right. Um, and so it kind of just, ha you know, started happening that way. Uh, I, I brought her on. She, her roster was full in a month. My roster was full. We needed another person. Um, and so that the, the next time I hired after that, I brought on three coaches because I was like, look, I don't want to do this every month where I got to like interview, hire people. This is like right. overwhelming. Right. Um, so I started hiring more coaches. Like I bring in three at a time, train them all at once, give them all clients. Um, and within three months they were full. And I was like, dang, gotta, gotta keep hiring. And so through all of 2020, through the pandemic, um, I don't know if you experienced this at all, but online, I know you don't do a ton online. I'm sure you had to transition a little bit with mm -hmm. the pandemic. Online coaching was booming during the pandemic because mm -hmm. people had more time. They were home. They didn't have commutes anymore. They might've lost gym memberships, but now they needed help with at-home workouts or programming yeah. at home or anything. And so, you know, online fitness was doing really well during that time. And we were in high demand. We kept hiring um, and so this past April, which is, you know, call it four months ago was one, one year, right. Our one yeah. year level 10 anniversary. Um, and, uh, and, and by that time we had 10 new coaches, we had 10 coaches. Amazing. Um, so in the span of a year, it went from me to 10 people very, very quickly. And it was very, very like, just learn as you go, because I've never taken a business class. Right. I've never taken anything like that. Any sort of marketing class. Like all I knew was I was posting content on Instagram. People wanted to work with us and we had to meet the demand and step up and hustle and make it work and provide resources for people and have a team of educated coaches. And it, it has now turned into what it is. And so it was, it's been a, it's been a, um, a fast growing, overwhelming, but in the best way ever, like kind yeah. of business growth in terms of that, that entrepreneurial switch, right? So yeah. 
you asked like, was there something that like just switched on? And it was kind of just like, uh, I was, I, it was a mix between feeling, um, not valued at teaching, you know, not being as valued as I felt. And then, um, just kind of trying to, to meet the demands that I felt like was being placed on me and just growing with it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's congratulations. That's amazing. Like Thank that you. it is, it's been so cool to watch from, like I said, like from the outside looking in, cause it's just been following each other's journeys for so long. And I, like I said, I give so much, like I have, like, there's never, like, I'm never like, oh, don't work with online coach. Like, no, like I give so much credit to online trainers, online coaches. Like it's, it's both types of trainers have this very, like the different challenges yet very similar challenges yet. We're trying to help people at the end of the day. I mean, that's like our passion and our goal. And and that's, and that's just been, it's been really cool to watch you guys just explode. And it's just, yeah, it's awesome.